It's your host, Darren Passarello. And Dino Pantazis. And we're here with another episode of Coffee and Mayhem. This is our third episode that we're launching with the wonderful, infallible Hal Sparks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are delighted to have you here. And yeah. what most people don't know is before we started, Dino was talking about how he spent time in Shanghai, and Hal is actually fluent in Mandarin, right? Uh, which was actually really, really cool. With a Beijing accent, so it's not that impressive. Oh, it's like the Queen's English. For me, it's The Beijing uh, accent is the shit. I mean, I'm a New Yorker, so we're always confused by everything. Sure. So we, like, for me, listening to you guys speak, I'm just like, I don't know what that means, so I'm going to take that as offensive. But a lot of Chinese people say the exact same thing. The accents are so crucial over there. It's a lot like Scottish versus English English. And so Mandarin, especially where I learned it in Beijing... The, the language itself, it, it, it's it, you, I sound like a TV commentator all the time. I sound like like someone on the BBC One going up next on the fourth hour. We will be having the news. I sound like a radio yeah. announcer to them or whatever. The great thing is they don't know where I'm from. So if they don't, yeah, that's a long story. But and another interesting thing, we actually have a fake superhero in Darren over here, Nitro G. But it's a you, real superhero. But did you know that Hal is actually a superhero? He saved a life in 2010, from what I read. Uh, 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 that's my third. It's your uh, third? Third CPR. Wow. So you're a three-time ten, superhero. Ten, tenth overall. Ten. Seven. What have you done all day, Darren? Seven. I fought a homeless man for a tip jar. Oh, wow. Oh, did he have the tip jar or did you? I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I'll give you some money, buddy, but uh, I require a little bit, a little 10%. You know, it's a New York thing, whatever. you like, I give you a dollar, you it's make change. This yeah. is how we, it's... it's he wants a, his vig. We've, dra- we've drawn our societal line, right? This is a thing. So, funny story, Dino actually owns a Greek restaurant. That sounds and, right. That sounds believable. <laughs> and they had a tip jar out, and I was, I was working there at the time because, you know, being an entertainer in Hollywood... Is very tough, so sometimes you gotta sure. take jobs you don't want to take from Absolutely. friends that don't want to pay you. Yeah. Um, and this homeless man came in, and they wouldn't serve him because he was wearing no shoes, and obviously was homeless and crazy. Mm-hmm. And then decided to come back and steal the tip jar. So which was your rent? Which was well, it was my gas money that I right, needed to yeah. get home from yeah. the restaurant. Yeah. So I just left the restaurant, chased the man down, and kind of tackled him for the tip jar, and then got my ass handed to me, um, and actually got punched in the face and started bleeding. Okay. But um, the how, cops. How much money was in the tip? It jar? was twelve dollars. <laughs> But I really needed the gas that's money. Three, that's, that's, you know, depending on when we're talking about this story happening, that's about three, four gallons of gas. Yes. That's, that's, that's the difference between getting there and not getting yep, there. Yep. I, I completely understand. Otherwise, I couldn't get home. I mean, flash forward, the guy's in an insane asylum now. Um, and so it worked up. out for everybody. You know, yeah, he gets three meals a day. That's he's, right. He's fine. He's he better off than Darren. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he doesn't have to drive in L.A. traffic. And right. he's, got, he's got a bed he doesn't have to worry about, heat that's always on. That's right. So he made it. He's got a little guy who comes by twice a day with a little cup with two yeah. pills in it. Yep. You still have to score yours from homeless people outside the restaurant. <laughs> and I can't even get them because, like I was telling Dino, I'm banned from the CVS in Santa Monica for trying to buy Sudafed and Claritin D at the same time. Well, yeah. yeah. Don't go in there with the actual grinder. Like, don't <laughs> don't drag your meth lab on a cart behind you into the place. They get really suspicious. I just wanted to be direct about red, what I needed. Raising right. red flags. Wearing a Breaking Bad t-shirt and a yellow hazmat suit, you know, completely soaking wet because you were just in a fire. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can so understand believable. the limitations. Um yeah, so I, 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 I've got well, I've gotten in a decent. I've never gotten in a fight with a homeless person over a tip jar. I that have been, but how? Eh, neither did yeah. he because a fight would have meant that he actually fought back. So it was a beating that he took. Actually, I pushed him. I pushed him down. All right, I pushed him down. That's a start. Yeah. Rabbit punches are hey, they count for a lot, man. I you got can, him in the kneecaps right yeah. under like. All right. Yeah. Next, well, we'll. T- I, 
I, we'll we'll have a small class after the podcast. And because then, the other thing you don't know is that he has is it four different three. styles of martial arts? Three. You just assume I don't know this stuff. I just I just have a green belt in Shotokan, so I'm not as proficient, so I wouldn't fuck with him. He's a, he's a nut kicker. A That's nut, what a yeah. green belt is. <laughs> Sorry, brown. It's green, brown, black, right? So yeah. I'm brown right before. Brown. Oh, there you go. Well, that's, that's, I a, got that's a decent amount of information. Right yeah, absolutely. Brown belt's a solid uh, study case or whatever. You know, in a world full of yellow belts, that's a, that's yeah. a solid uh, learning curve. And I usually diffuse the situation by being 6'3 and 260 pounds. Yeah, that usually. helps a lot. I've never actually had that in my back pocket. I've always been 5'9", <laughs> buck 50, fully clothed, soaking wet. So I've actually had to – I, got, I work for a living. <laughs> right. I have the advantage of looking like a child, so all I have to do is shout, I need an adult, and people run right over to help it's a me. It's brilliant yeah. plant. It's, it's, I mean, that's like natural chameleon. Yeah, that's, that's right. Like you, you're basically, what is it, the, the, like a, a floppier chameleon iguanas <laughs> that can just, or an octopus. You just know, blends. I will find a way to get out of this jar by looking like cookies. <laughs> <laughs> the, the downside to that, though, is I get picked up by truancy officers on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. I thought you were yeah. like, going to say pedophiles. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, <laughs> that the, well, that too. No, funny get... story. I almost got abducted by pedophiles that would have been really upset had they abducted me. Nah, but, so... they wouldn't have been upset. <laughs> but it, it, in the pedophile's defense, you have to understand what he was doing. That's a terrible way to start a sentence. <laughs> so, in the pedophile's defense. That is, the wor- that is effectively, I think, technically the worst way to start a sentence. <laughs> they're, they're humans, too. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, but if no. DP, yeah, but if you saw DP walking down the street in a Riverdale hoodie. So here's what happened. I was going. I would I go, was... who's the creepy adult <laughs> trying to pick up high school girls? I wouldn't go, there's a boy. I want him. Although I have a, there was, I had a buddy Ross uh, Borden in high school who had a full beard and looked like a teacher in like middle, in like sophomore year. It was cr- like he had gray streaks in his beard. <laughs> And he was he was fifteen. He looked forty five easy. It was the like crow's feet around his eyes. I'm like, what do you do? Go home and smoke? I don't understand. Did you get a liver transplant from a retired football coach? How the hell did you get to be an old man so quickly? So yeah, I don't know. I wish I had that problem, but yeah. it, it was. It's... No, you don't. <laughs> You know, nobody wants to look older sooner. That's never worked out for anybody. Amen. Nobody begs for progeria. (laughs) (laughs) That Benjamin Button knew what was up. (laughs) The the funny thing, too, is I was telling you, I pulled my back out this morning, getting out of bed, and kind of fell on the floor for about 40 minutes. What was the Uh noise you made? What was the noise you made? Yeah. That's a legit noise that Uh, came came out of, which was way worse. Well, actually, better than the noise that came out of my mouth when I realized I had a rat in my closet. Just one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, which was horrible. I or, just I just moved. Um, <laughs> I just moved two weeks ago. And threw your back, back threw out. Threw my already. back out. <laughs> found some rats. And the exterminator comes over to see. Oh, you know, you haven't you have a problem with ants. I was like, no, there was a rat. I don't and have a problem with ants. Up. I can step on ants. It's the rat that's freaking me out. Man, hey, hey, lady. Like it makes you. Yeah. It's the rat in my turns into Jerry Lewis. You know, it's a difficult. You know, but you that's got a natural reaction. Whoa. When you see a rat. Yeah. <laughs> And I was I was telling the exterminator, I was like, look, I want to say that when I saw the rat, I was like, ah, fuck this. Yeah. I'm going to take that rat out and be like, but nah. I was like, the scream I let out was like a white girl getting her Starbucks card declined while she was online <laughs> at Starbucks. That's cold. It was a shit. Ten people behind we had, it. And uh, I lived in Kentucky, Peaks Mill. We had uh, we had rats under our house for a while. And so my my mom put out poison. And one day I come. Uh, oh, my sister was scared to death of him. So I, uh, I come home from school, and my mom and my sister are in the kitchen, like, panicked or whatever. It was a rat in the living room, and it was poisoned, so it was on its way to being dead. 
but it wasn't it was it was kind of in stasis it was yeah. huge you know uh looked like a loaf of bread it was, it was a corn a big, fed rat. yeah it was a yeah. big husky like almost possum rat <laughs> and um and so I went in, and it wasn't moving. So I took one of our big mixing bowls from a big metal mixing bowl. The same one they used to I, cut your hair with. Yeah. yeah. And I slammed it down over top of it and basically trapped it in the bowl. And then I went out and got a shovel and slid the shovel underneath it and carried it down to the creek. Um, I think it's called the Crick, where you're, where you're from. Uh, yeah, it is. But I lost my accent on purpose because <laughs> it, it it kept me from meeting girls with an education. <laughs> and um, and so I uh, walked down to the uh, to the the edge of the creek and I uh, chucked it into the creek, and it suddenly it decides it has ver for life and starts swimming for the shore. So I raise up the shell and pack, <laughs> just one solid whack, just and that was it. Just sunk to the bottom. Like that's our that was our uh, rat disposal circumstance in our situation. Needless to say, DP didn't do that. I, did, I screamed so loud. You didn't have a creek nearby. That's understandable. <laughs> yeah. You you lacked the resources. You didn't have a mixing bowl and a shovel. That's I, the problem with urban living. Or any gall whatsoever. <laughs> oh, that's true. I, I had a true. teacup Yorkie and a scream. That's, that's true. Really about it. I did have a lot of gall. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous amount of gall to, to do you that did. to a rat. <laughs> Um, so, uh, anyways, back to, uh, in defense of pedophiles, you were saying, <laughs> so, DC. so I, I was walking to universal studios because I didn't want to park at universal because I, wasn't I couldn't for- buy lollipops down by the street because Mr. Baker was only selling apples. So after my paper route, <laughs> I went up there to see if the Literally. guy with the van was still yeah. parked there. And then, he, sorry, that's, no, that's, I'm, you this, do. I'm so, giving you the world's craziest New York accent. But that's what we're doing. He didn't yeah. want to pay for parking at Universal, so he parks at the bottom to walk up the hill. Like a complete poor man. Well, I wasn't going to pay $5 for two minutes. I had to literally go to Hot Topic to return a Riverdale hoodie that didn't fit me because it was too big. Now do you realize why I said in the pedophile's defense? (laughs) But what what makes it worse. (laughs) the only thing you could do. What makes it worse is I was wearing a rainbow backpack with Mm -hmm. uh, a baseball hat, Riverdale pants, and like a Little Mermaid t-shirt. This is how I decided to leave my house that day. I, I see. Um, in, as, in, 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 tw- in the reboot of 21 Jump Street, <laughs> you're absolutely. the undercover gay kid? Is that what, that what it is? They've sent you in. Someone is abducting the gay kids from Riverdale. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is like the, a guy in a van, he's like, I'm not even a pedophile, but I have a van. I feel like I have to stop and talk to this kid. Sure. Look at him. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you don't want a, this van to go to a waste. It's not like I can pick up hitchhikers or hikers anymore. But the fucked People up thing is. People doing that in 1971. I called him to be like, I need help. This van keeps following me and stopping with me and, and chasing me down the block. Mm-hmm. He doesn't answer his phone. So because that no. van had parents in it who thought you were an adult dressed as a child abducting people. You're being followed by people who are reasonably suspicious adults. of a grown man in a Riverdale hoodie. I think that, returning a second Riverdale hoodie. I cha- I I chased a car full of uh, like with three dudes um, out of uh, the beach down at like near near Malibu. Mm-hmm. I'd stopped at one time back in the nineties. I had hair down to my ass, so I uh, from behind I looked. I looked yeah, total Ju- Julia Roberts do <laughs> from all the French fries that apparently cause hair growth now. That's right. Is that <laughs> yeah. what is that apparently the... McDonald's French fries? It causes obesity, but it also causes like long because the amount hair. of biotin and the yeah. yeah that that makes sense. So the, so yeah. you're flowing hair. Yeah. In Malibu, so so these guys thought I, I think because I was tiny 
uh, at the time. I went like <laughs> I time. I couldn't break 130 for the longest time, and now I'm 160. Neither it's could a good I. In solid fourth grade, drove me crazy. So yeah, but this was about fourth grade. I was about fourth grade <laughs> your size uh, when I, in my 20s, and uh, so I was down there just like I'd stopped. I was looking at the beach, I was having a moment of thought or whatever, and this like carload of dudes pulls up, thinks I'm a girl, starts cat calling me, and I was like. What's up? Like, like as deep a voice as I could throw as far as I, and they started to pull away. They're like, oh shit, it's a dude. And I just started booking after them down the road. Well, we're going to do kick. this, fellas. I was like, yeah, let's fuck it. It's a, it's I'm on. Committed. This worked out. I've, I've been there. I, one time yeah. when I was telling Dino, I was at a frat party for Halloween. And so I just put a skirt on and I was getting hit on all night. Mm-hmm. And one guy was like, yo, you need to shut your mouth. You sound like a dude. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm peeing on the side of the house. Like I'm literally standing next <laughs> like, to you. Like, yeah. Like peeing. He's like. Yeah, just shut your mouth though. But I sounds... like that other part. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. The peeing part's great. That's mouth, fine. Not... That's amazing. Yeah. Shut aim. your mouth and keep yeah. peeing. Everything they said about girls is wrong. I'm <laughs> calling my parents. This is my first time away from home. Uh, yeah, oh, that's I, funny. I have never been to a frat party on Halloween. I'm not that I've, I've been, been to one, one yeah. uh, the rest of the time. It's ever. horrible, yeah. especially, especially in New Jersey. If you're if you're bigger than DP, frat parties are actually kind of fun and good. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. We should I, we'll go to one. I, well, I didn't go to college. I didn't go I, to university. So I went oh. to Cal State. LA, neither did I. But my friends went to <laughs> USC. Right. So that's the real deal. I'd go yeah. there. Yeah. High, yeah. Highfalutin school in a demilitarized zone. <laughs> In fact, we could probably walk into a frat party at USC right now. We'd be okay. Pass for oh, it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's all right. We're in grad school, fellas. It's cool. Right. I'm still in college. Exactly. <laughs> Good for you. Right on. And, uh, sorry. We, we totally went off subject. That that I don't even, know, I don't even know where we are. We don't, Which is great. Yeah. Um, That's how good conversations exactly. actually work. Right. I actually didn't get a chance to speak with you. You came to the Stan Lee event that we did back in August. Yes. Um, and we were honored was... to have you speak with Stan and be on stage. And it was so crazy. I didn't get the chance to talk to you and thank you for being a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. But you were a huge influence on my life growing up. You know, watching you on Talk Soup. On right e, on. You know, I was a big fan of VH1 and I love the 90s and the 70s. And for me, getting into hosting, there were a lot of people who influenced me. And Dino knows Kermit the Frog was one of my big Absolutely. Big influences. Man was a master of ceremonies. Was, especially when he would narrate the weather and had no idea what was going on right. on Newsflash. Right. But growing up watching E! a lot, you know, I was really, I grew up with you, watching you on TV, a lot of stuff you did. So for me to have you there, mm-hmm. to, you know, give this back to Stan, it was really a huge honor. That's and great. I, I've never gotten the chance to tell you. I appreciate it. So that. I wanted to tell you now yeah. that thank you for doing that. It was, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it was not my normal career trajectory. I was the youngest, I'm the, like, I guess it's some sort of uh, Guinnessy recordy kind of thing, but I'm the youngest game show host in history because I did Treasure Mall when I was just 17. I hadn't turned 18 yet. Still in high school. And, um, it's called child labor, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, well, I've been doing stand up since I was 15, so I'd already been two years pro in, and I was already doing touring at that point. And um, you were an exterminator too, yeah. so the third job. That's right. Yeah, I always had. A, yeah, unbelievable. It was, yeah. Like, it was like Adam Scott in Parks and Rec. <laughs> That's right. 14 year old mayor. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, yeah, where uh, you know where I come from, we literally have a, a Rabbit Hash, Kentucky, where the mayor gets is, is the dog every three years. Amazing. <laughs> so. Um, and it's they pick the mayor by lottery, like it's your turn. <laughs> but um, in in you know in doing that, I I literally did this game show, and then I not till I guess till Talk Soup did I host anything else. And then after Talk Soup, I made a specific choice never to host again because as an actor, it's one or the other. Yeah, you will you you have a choice and like when uh, when when Craig Ferguson I was up for the Late Show when Craig got it or whatever and I had like I had to walk 
because I was like, everybody was like, dude, this will be so, and I'm like, it'll be so the end of me ever acting yeah. again, because it just is. It just, right. you know, if you're British, I guess you get a dispensation. Nobody cares. But in but in the States, there's still this kind of odd snobbery about it, and it's, and it's unfortunate because I love doing it. I love the actual act of, you know, event hosting. event hosting and that kind of stuff, like big shows and whatnot or whatever. But Talk Soup itself is different than almost every other hosting thing because it's really, you're just playing that best friend on the couch next to somebody who's laughing at the TV with them. And that's a, it, you, it becomes a relationship you have with everybody. And I love the eighties eventually sort of became a, another oh, yeah. version of that, you know? And uh, that was weird. Cause they, when they asked me to do that, they didn't even know what the show was. I went to uh, VH1 calls. They go, we're doing this thing. It's a 10 hour documentary on the eighties. <laughs> I was shooting queer as folk at the time. And they're like, what we're going to do is we're going to get some comedians to come in and maybe say some stuff. Uh, and we'll, We don't know if it's going to be on the street, like a stand-up kind of thing or what. But we're, we're going to ask like Brad Pitt on red carpets. We're going to have somebody on the street. Maybe we'll have you do that. We don't know yet. And ultimately, they just had me come down because I couldn't stay because I was doing Queer as Folk and I was living in Canada. They could only green screen me. So I, they said, we only need you there for about 45 minutes. Just we'll ask you some questions about Care Bears and whatever you can think, whatever you know your favorite music was, and we don't care. Well, and, Care and, Bears, yeah. And they, uh, I, I sat down the first day. I was there for eight hours, and then I went back the next day for another eight hours, and did the whole first I Love the Eighties in two days. Yeah. And then they were they apparently sent out this big like email blast, like, okay, this is what we're doing. And then they started bringing in, you know, Michael and all the other people, whatever. Like, we'll just sit them down. We'll just fire stuff at them. And and I was, of course, the insane person who would do, you know, these eight to ten hour jaunts or whatever. And so they didn't even. I would not prep. I did no prep for the show. I didn't rewatch anything. I didn't nothing. They would just bring in this giant like Bible of of eighties stuff. And just go, Transformers, go. And just <laughs> flip through stuff or whatever. Like, you remember this commercial about, yeah, Stompers. Yeah, I remember Stompers, whatever. Like, that kind of crazy yeah. stuff. Cindy Lauper sitting in the studio with you. Just... Yeah, we, I remember wish. Remember her? Because Cindy Lauper was on Queer as Folk. How weird is that? But she was, I was, and uh, <laughs> she was on an episode where I got blown up. Um, they, 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 some terrorists blew up the nightclub because to fight gay marriage. She was performing at the time. I my character walks right to the bar where the bomb is and the blows up in my face. So I get I get blown up and taken away. They don't know if I'm going to die for a couple of episodes. And so before we shoot the whole episode, they're taking away me, me away in an ambulance at the end of the shot or whatever. Cindy Lauper's there. Love Cindy Lauper. Talented lady. Really nice. Lovely human being. Sort of the the New York Dolly Parton in oh, a yeah. lot of ways. Just a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I need to get a picture with Dolly Parton. So I have, I mean, with uh, Cindy Lauper, I'm like, I have to get a picture with her. So I get a picture with her, and I look like tandoori chicken because I've been burned <laughs> up. So I have burn makeup all over me from this explosion, just blasting. And she's the whitest human being. That she's like jellyfish translucent in this shot. So it was, you know, it was the dream photo. And she saw your time. true colors. Yes, she yeah. did. What yeah. years were you at E? Um, I, 99 to 2000. That was it. That was it. That was it. I, just, I was there 04 to 06. So you got the Vietnam stare of working at E. Yeah. Yes, I got the oh, so mm-hmm. feel bad for you. I was there when they had the style network. That's rough, man. Yeah. I, you know, Talk Soup was, uh, an, and still is, I think, in a lot of ways, if they would revive it in its original form, mm-hmm. you know, daily, Loved a it. valuable show to cut, you know, to to borrow an English phrase, to take the piss out of uh, out Everything. of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and at one point, I remember Steve Martin, while I was on the show, this was a big deal, because Steve was one of my main, I, he and Carlin are my two big comedy idols. And I was 
uh, I went to the comedy American Comedy Awards the one time they had it, and Steve gave this great. If you get to watch it online, his acceptance speech of the of the Legend Award or whatever it was called is hilarious. But he he was sitting at a table like three tables over from us, and he had said earlier, he goes, "Irony in America lives and dies on talk soup," and that was awesome. It was a great compliment. Yeah. Um, and it, and I knew at that moment that he watched the show, you know, while it was on, which is a huge deal. And, uh, so I, I'm like, I'm going to go, some of the writers were, thought it was an insult. And I'm like, guys, you, it, he's complimenting you. Just take the compliment. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I think he's being kind of a jerk. I'm like the irony that you don't know that he's being, you know, that he's talking about ir- irony in a positive sense. Have you not seen Roxanne? It is one of his defining <laughs> yeah. philosophical goals in life is the power of irony. Um, and so I'm like, I'm going to go over and talk to him. I'm going to go talk to Steve Martin. I want to go say hi to him, say, you know, we had talk soup, love you, blah, blah, blah. And so I, I walk, like, everybody's like, don't go talk to him. Don't. He doesn't like people. He's very quiet. He probably, you, 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 you know, it's one of those hero death moments where you'll meet the guy and you go, oh, crap, he was a dick or whatever. And so I'm, and, and everybody, my manager was there. She's like, don't go talk to Steve. If he comes over to the table, he'll say hi, but don't go over and talk to him because it'll be cold and wrong and sad and you'll be upset. And like, <laughs> this is the worst buildup ever. And I, and four or five times I walk over finally, because I don't give a shit what people think. It's one of my defining of characteristics. And so I walk over to his table and I go, hi, hi Steve, Hal Sparks, Talk Soup. Uh, I just wanted to say that I and, of course, everybody at the show loves your work. And, and I've personally uh, been a fan for a long time. And my dad sold you two banjos when I was a kid, which is true. And um, he started talking at that point and didn't stop for probably 15 minutes. That's just brrr, like at me. And I don't – I can't remember um, – I have a great auditory memory. I can't remember hardly a word he said because I was so shocked he was speaking to me after everybody literally the opposite in, of everyone I was told like you. you ever have that internal monologue like yeah. when you're talking to a pretty girl you shouldn't have approached because you just were not ready. You did not have game planned for this whole experience and you're like they're talking to me. Well, I should look interested because I'm amazed that this is happening. And so I had this entire inner monologue that was just absurd while he was talking to me. Mm-hmm. Since that time, I've you know run into him a couple times, and it's been kind of more normal, um, as normal as it can be, or whatever. But I, and I understand where people come with him because he's got reason for being kind of standoffish in general. Sure, uh, because fame will do that. You know, the, there's a bifurcation of fame: you either dive in or buzz off. Mm, right. And he's had the unfortunate because he was wacky and known for being wacky sure. and very buddy-like. Suddenly, everybody thinks they know you. Yeah, right. You know, you do whatever and so, they want. Like, like yeah. one time when I was in New York and I went to the Universal Studios uh, building and then went to 30 Rock right after, I'm in the elevator at 30 Rock and in comes Bill Murray. And I'm like, oh, my yeah, God, this right. is, it's Bill Murray, like Ghostbusters, you know, Caddyshack, everything. Like, right. This is huge. And I, I think I was 18 at the time and I was doing a page program. And we're in the elevator. He turns around, just me and him, smacks me across the face, leans in and goes, no one will ever believe you. <laughs> and the doors open and he walks out. That's awesome. And I was like, this is this is one of those rare times where you meet somebody that you idolize right. and he's awesome. And you forgot to yell, there's a camera in the elevator, fucker. Because <laughs> there are at 30 yeah. Rock. Oh, yeah. You, Jay-Z, and Ray Rice, bitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I own you. You should have um, fallen over and been like, ah. Uh, right. Yeah. Like, like I pull my back out, which is yeah. getting out of bed, <laughs> and fall on the floor for 40 minutes. And no, you, you, like, yeah. you pull your pants down and curl up in a ball yeah. in the corner of the elevator and yeah. just start shaking. And they go, no one will believe you either. I see something. <laughs> that man. Nowadays. That man. Right. I, no. 
there is <laughs> and well the problem is DP thought that he wanted to just go in there to rehearse lines, but apparently he hit him and fell on the ground. I don't, I don't even like, know why I was the in the scene. elevator. <laughs> I have no idea why you I was in the elevator. You were in the elevator yeah. to be slapped by Bill Murray to have one of the greatest anecdotal <laughs> stories of meeting celebrity in the history of the world. That's enough. Oh, like God. You own that for the rest of your life. That's completely awesome. You think that's bad. So I grow- don't. I don't think it's bad. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Growing up with Stan, I started with Stan when I was 15 years old. Wow. So for me, I grew up on superheroes. I was a superhero. Yeah. Like, he was an idol. We're on the set of Avengers and he comes over to me as I'm taking photos of him and he goes, you know something? You could have been Peter Parker in the Spider-Man film. Enough mm-hmm. said. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like my eye, like, and I'm right. in my glory. He walks over to the craft service table. A guy that's about Dino's build hands him a plate. Mm-hmm. He goes, wow, you know something? You could have been Peter Parker in the Spider-Man <laughs> film. Turns around, looks at me and goes, ah, ah. <laughs> and walk, I'm like, really? Like we really just did this? <laughs> Ah. And then for me, I'm like, great. So then I can't be Spider-Man. He's like, no, you're too short. Come on, <laughs> too short. Yeah, and like they haven't had a Spider-Man yet. They've all been Spider-Boy. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing any of the 30s working. You know, like late 20s, early 30s, working at uh, the Daily. Angry. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man. Like, yeah, they, there's. It's always been. It's just Teen Angst Spider-Man. Yeah. They keep telling the origin story over and over again. I love Stan, but that's one of my ongoing concerns with all actual superhero movies. And, and you know who I blame? Joseph Campbell. This hero's journey horseshit where they have to keep telling you again and again. The Batman movies became the worst about it. Because like, no, no, no. He didn't kill your dad. (laughs) I killed your dad. Oh, no, no. He didn't kill your dad. I paid the guy that paid the guy that met the guy that I... So, in fact, I was the guy that killed your dad. And, you know... That that constant running. I mean, they did it with Spider Man, arguably. You know, yep. like because and the and both of those heroes specifically. I haven't. You know, it, I'm the moral issue of of superhero stories very important to me. They, you know, they must remain intact. If you violate the moral character of what they're going, they're not superheroes anymore. They're just monsters that are on the right side temporarily, mm-hmm. which is what the DC universe is uh-huh. struggling with right now anyways. They fucked up their entire oh, run. Justice League is horrible. Oh, my God. It's... And Suicide Squad is dopey. It's just sad. But, the, I mean, they fucked it up with a great line. that I mean, there's two... DC ruined their entire uh, run of movies with two lines, one which is good and one which is bad. The good one was... Gods aren't brave, men are brave, which is the Batman line to Superman, which erases the value of the Wonder Woman story entirely. Makes Chris Pine the hero, uh, eliminates her value. Yeah, we, we, I've had this conversation in yeah. multiple fronts. It drives me fucking crazy. Um, and then the other one is the uh, I'm not wearing hockey pads bullshit because <laughs> you would have been wearing hockey pads if you weren't born a fucking billionaire asshole. <laughs> I, those guys are braver than you are. You're the one wearing this like high tech shit that in the new universe you didn't even make your fucking self. Unbelievable. Yep. And that drives me crazy. So the have same you seen this superhero. I was 15. Dude, that's awesome. That's when I started with Stan at 15 and we, we were on a, a Disney Channel sci fi show. And Dino likes to show everybody. So we actually ask a question on the show that I created. Mm-hmm. Now that you've seen Nitro G, mm-hmm. who who's who would win? Sorry, who's your favorite superhero? Besides Nitro G, Nitro you mean? G, yeah, second. In his own, uh, who's your favorite green, superhero? Green Leotard. Um, uh, I guess his perfect partner would be Zephyr, <laughs> which is uh, my character on Queer as Folks, uh, so cartoon in, character. Right, who would win? In, who would win in a battle, Zephyr mm-hmm. or Nitro G? Uh. Not only would Nitro G lose, but he would lose pitifully uh, in a in a very awkward way, considering Zephyr's powers. Um, I mean, uh, 
Um, I actually have my own superhero symbol that I made when I was in high school, and I use it as a referential symbol for both the logo of my company, but it's also uh, sort of a, a talisman reminder that I always have made. I'll, uh, uh, it's actually, can you have me that bag real quick? I'll show you. Obviously, it's no good in an audio format. but um, What are you talking about? Everyone can see what we're doing. Yeah, right. Yeah. But um, I made these things, uh, uh, I made these like versions of this, because I'd always wanted a uh, like a hero's emblem myself. And I was talking to my acting teacher in school, and she was like, why do you need um, you know, to act and write and direct and all this? Just focus on your acting and everything else will come. And I'm like, you know, you don't understand. The, the balance of doing all these things creates a tension that makes me better focused. I don't because if I if I hyper focus on something, I get bored. So it's better if I'm trying to grabbing all these things and the tension of these things pulling apart at each other is actually what makes me an artist as a whole. So that's the symbol itself. And oh, I love X Men. It, it represents that. Nope, turn it. It's a it's a diamond shape. So, oh, but like the this. idea is that it's like a it's like an Escher. All the arrows, you know, connect each other, but all of them are you know they're all separate but apart. Is this so, anything awesome. to do with your um, newfound or the orientation into the? Um, Masons? Uh, Masons? No, actually, but it's interesting that that would, you know, that the shape of it is, you know, has some correlation because I made this, like I said, in high school. Um, oh, but, got it. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you were always a Mason in your mind. Yeah. Well, my. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally joking. Yeah, kind of. You know, <clears throat> it's, a, it's an interesting thing because, uh, you know, I, I, you know, everybody thinks that it's secret that you're in the Masons. But it's not. There's secret stuff in the Masons. We're not a secret society. We're a society with secrets is the idea. Yeah. And um, and it was always something that I was enamored by. I was like, I'm impressed by. And I certainly there were certain people that were Masons that I was like, when I found out they were, I was like, that's that's an interesting group of human beings like Harry Truman, Oscar Wilde, Mozart. Wow. You know that who what do these guys have in common? You know, and. And so eventually, I long story short about how I ended up in masonry. My grandfather was one. I didn't know that, but I found my when he passed away, my grandmother sent me some of his stuff. He used to do comedic speeches uh, and commencement addresses at colleges because he was a college professor and then a president of Murray State University in Kentucky. And he would give these speeches. So he would write. They were funny speeches. So he'd write all these jokes for them, and he kept them in a Dewey Decimal System index card case. Amazing. He would write them and keep them in an organized thing. He got them in the army. These three of them. And she sent them to me. She goes, you should have these. And as I was looking through them, a lot of more jokes, not many more jokes he'd written. He just heard good jokes and stuff like, you know, that he'd heard along the way. And he was like, so I remember these jokes. I'll write them down. And uh, he, it, he had them in there. And then there was his Mason card. Um, That's and, cool. And I was like, uh, it, it reintroduced me to the fascination with it. And then uh, I started exploring it and I became a Mason three years ago now. Three, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We, we actually have Rob Quinn on the phone right now who oh. worked with me with Stan, which wow. actually has a funny – yeah, it's very exciting. Um, nice. Which actually has a very funny story about like some conspiracy to steal Stan's credit card and <laughs> the Freemasons to order these Pinocchio marionettes and plant them all. It, I swear to God it's a true story and Rob is, <laughs> was there for it. Going to the oh, Beverly what? Hills Police Department to try to explain to them that a fictional superhero – that Stan created, mm -hmm. used that name to buy Pinocchio marionettes under his eBay account mm -hmm. and send them all over the globe was actually this movie from Iron Man 3. And Rob and I sat there with the Beverly Hills Police Department going on for about three hours mm -hmm. trying to convince them that this wasn't real. Um, and so, Rob, are you there? 
I'm here. I just didn't want to interrupt Hal because, you know, the Mason thing, I feel like I'd get killed. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't. We, you don't get killed. You just, we don't, just, you just, you just go, go away. away. Right. <laughs> Rob, Rob, are you there? Are you there? Oh, my God. He's already gone. Oh, my God. Now you've got to get Nicholas Cage to come find me. <laughs> So go ahead, DP. Sorry about so, that. Yeah. So, so, so how, how, oh, did, that, how yeah. did that work? What? So, Rob, you do a better I, job. I think I have a grasp of yeah. this about as good yeah. as the Beverly Hills police did. <laughs> so, Rob, if you will indulge well, us. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to disparage the Beverly Hills police, but uh, I, I really felt like I was in the scene from Beverly Hills Cop. Right. Because, how you doing, everybody, by the way? Uh, Great. Good. The Johnny Wishbone scene or the uh, that you got a hell of a punch taggart scene? No, no, nothing so butch. It is, um, this really, I mean, fine detective work on these guys. So it turns out someone stole, not even Stan's physical credit card. Like this, this was not an Ocean's Eleven caper. Mm -hmm. They got the number somehow and created a fake eBay account under what name was it, Darren? Um, it was uh, the guy who was head of AIM Advanced Mechanics, um, from Iron Man 3. Yeah. Right. That Stan created. Right. Okay. So now, and, and we could, like, Darren and I are trying to figure out, like, what are these charges on Stan's stuff? Like, what's $700 three times? What is that? And the long story short, like he said, it was Pinocchio marionette handmade from Italy, which, aside from the fact that that's really cool, like, that's not flying under the radar. Yeah. Like, who decides we're going to get these handmade things? So Darren tracks it down, and it's this. What is, I can't. I'm, I'm going to just say Doctor Doom, like Victor Von Doom. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I can't remember the guy's name. So we, we, Darren reports it to the police, who then say that name sounds familiar. And Darren says it's from a movie. No, it's not from a movie. He's like, no, Victor Von Doom's from a movie. Trust me, I, I'm with the guy who created it. Yes, yeah, son, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay, that's just fantastic. Great. Mm-hmm. We need you to come down here and identify people. And now Darren and I are like, are you going to go down and identify Dr. Doom? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So so now he goes down, and these guys are like, all right, we need to know who this guy is and what he's related to. And dumbass Darren says, well, the guy's the, the head of a terrorist organization. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. Hold on a second. This is a terrorist thing? He's like, no, it's a comic book. Son, I don't think you understand the severity of this. This is no laughing matter. And I'm sitting there going, I, on the contrary, officer, this is hilarious. And now they go back and forth, and Dan is trying to patiently explain to them that this is a fictional terrorist organization. And now they're calling the FBI because it's online and it's identity theft, and we can't have terrorists take an icon like Stan's identity. And Dan's like, it is not that. Look, I'm going to break it down to you. And he starts showing them Iron Man 3. So it's me, Rob, and the Beverly the Hills Police Department and watching the whole movie. And then you showed them Fantastic Four and they arrested you. <laughs> right, and now, like, they're asking questions about the guy as if he's real. Oh. <laughs> Do you understand that this is, like, Guy Pierce? And, and, like, no, 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 no. I know that guy. That guy's, you know, we've seen him before. I'm like, yeah, you've seen him in a lot of movies. Yeah, that guy can't be a terrorist. He can't remember what happened 20 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, now this, this goes sorry on to cut you off, hours. Rob. Uh, but we're gonna have to start. We have to start wrapping up soon. Yep, um, running out of time. Yeah, and I, I want to hear this one in person. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thank I, you very I, much. I, yeah. I come in out of nowhere from New York and I get kicked off already. Yeah. yeah. Well, you were late. Yeah. Deal with it, bro. Yeah. Oh man. Thanks, your basement story. Yeah, we had a real <laughs> star over here. Get off the phone, man. <laughs> Rob, you're what? taking up Al's time. Come on. 
Right. Bledger, uh, do you love the 80s? No. Do you love the 90s? No. Get out of here. Uh, but before we go, Hal, yeah. I do want to talk to you real quick about your upcoming tour that you're going to be doing in March. Yeah. Um, if there's anything you'd like to say about it, promote it, you know. Well, it's kind of, you know, as a stand-up, it's kind of an always ongoing thing or whatever. The 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 news, like, uh, you know, over the last year or whatever, I think my my tack on my stand-up has been kind of moving more wise-ass. Um, uh, and so that's, that's kind of what this year, this tour is going to, I think, just going to be called wise-ass. Because I think, you know, there's a lot of clever people, but not a lot of wisdom. And so I think uh, that's sort of the tack that my stand-up has been taking over the last couple of There might be smarter things, but they're not wise. It would be <laughs> unwise. And uh, and so I've been, you know, that that's what I've been ruminating on for quite some time. Um, and that's, that all became a part of it. So, yeah. So, I I mean, people can follow me on Twitter. My band's playing at El Cid next uh, Monday nice. uh, here in Los Angeles. Um, and Where then can I, people get tickets to your tour? Um, at HowSparks.com, or you can actually it, – it'll be at the club, you know, that you, that I – in your city uh, if I end up coming by there. If I don't, I'm worth the drive. And then uh, it's, it's not my fault you live in Pensacola. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> So you're no, not going to Pensacola. Go on. Right. <laughs> No, of course not. Uh, and then, uh, and and yeah, and then uh, I, every Tuesday, about um, I'm at the uh, the whiskey here in Los Angeles singing the Ultimate Jam Night. Um, I do that pretty regularly as well. So uh, weekends doing stand up, and then that. Awesome. So, well, yeah. thank you, Hal, very much for joining us. You Absolutely. Know, we appreciate it. You just came off a flight and you came down here. So, yeah. Thanks thank for you. waiting. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, it was our pleasure. To, I mean, to have an idol. On here. Total yeah. pleasure. Total pleasure hanging out and waiting. Well, yeah. Everyone, thank you again for tuning in to Coffee and Mayhem. We are yeah. grateful to have the wonderful Hal Sparks stop by and Shishini. talk to us. Yeah. And be sure to catch him in Pensacola this March. Damn it. Uh, where he'll be performing uh, Mandarin stand-up. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Agents of Mayhem. And remember, mayhem ensues. Thanks for joining us again, guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Fantastic. <laughs>